You're listening to Conversion Nations, the podcast that helps conversion optimizers overcome challenges they face with their experimentation programs. Brought to you by Effective Experiments, the workflow and project management software helping optimizers make experimentation a core part of their business. Scale up your testing program with a centralized solution and document all your research, ideas, experiments, and results in one place. Learn more and request your free trial by visiting EffectiveExperiments.com. And now, your host, Manuel DaCosta. All right, welcome, guys. Uh, This is the first ever session we're doing together. Um, I don't really know how this will work out, but essentially, the idea is we get together every week uh, with someone new or someone familiar and talk about CRO and those topics could be varied. Uh, This podcast is to shed light in the industry on the trends and on the topics on the top of every CRO's mind. Joining me in this session is Chad Sanderson from Subway. Uh, Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. Well, you're here for the first time and hopefully for the the next few sessions uh, at uh, at the least. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to the viewers and listeners uh, so that they know who you are and what you do? Sure. Okay, well, my name is Chad Sanderson. My official title is the personalization manager at Subway Restaurants. Uh, Subway, Subway is kind of a unique business, so usually not who you think about when it comes to conversion optimization. But they do sell, and I can't give the exact numbers, but they do sell thousands and thousands of sandwiches online every single day through their remote ordering platforms. And so they need a team to optimize, to test, to conduct user research for all their digital properties, which right now are a a desktop website, a mobile website, and also a tablet and a kiosk. So that's my uh, experience. My background is more on the mathematical side. I used to be a a journalist and a graphic designer. So it's been it's been kind of an interesting ride in optimization, but uh, I think I have some interesting information to share and I'm pretty excited to do it today. It's quite a varied career there. A journalist, uh, a, math- a mathematician, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I have a, a bit of a statistics background, that's right. Okay, so just to give you a bit of, uh, to the listeners and, and viewers what uh, listening to this, uh, I've been, watching Chad uh, interact on LinkedIn and within the various Slack groups uh, that he's part of. And seriously, man, the knowledge bombs you drop everywhere, it's, it's amazing. And, and that's why I was really excited to have you on the show because um, I think someone that is a practitioner, like doing this on a day-to-day basis, and also really experienced is, is a rare thing to find. And the topic for this session, the way I thought we'd, we'd you know, start off the session with is, is talking about the industry. Where are we right now? What are the trends uh, you've seen um, you know, from watching people online, from the, the type of discussions that come up? I know I have my own uh, set of um, experiences uh, from the talks I gave last year, from the workshops I ran, um, and also with dealing with, uh, with customers uh, with effective experiments as well a varied lot in the optimization industry, but let's get your take on it first. Sure. Um, I think that conversion optimization as a whole has come a really long way in a very short period of time. 
I think a big part of that is due to people like yourself and some of the other names in the industry that have been willing to actually be vocal about what we do. Um, interestingly enough, when before I was kind of aware of sort of the larger um, online space, so the, the conversion optimization community, um, there were a lot of things that I, I didn't know. Like I was a bit more on the scientific end, but then sort of hearing some of the best practices and then also hearing about things that people had seen over years and years of experience. And sometimes it, was, it wasn't the best practices, it was like the unraveling of the best practices, which is, you know, this is what you should do to not do uh, a lot of the mistakes that, that people make. So I think, that, I think that the proliferation of some of those ideas has reached a huge amount of people. Um, I do interviews with uh, quite a few optimization candidates just kind of in, my, in the New York, Connecticut area. And I, I've seen the level of knowledge rise significantly very recently. People went from not being able to explain what a sample size even was to actually be able to have some type of formed opinion about it. It may not be the right opinion, but they still had an opinion, which is better than nothing. Um, so I think it's definitely in a much better place than it used to be. Yeah. But I think there's still a lot of work to be done because some of the programs that are investing in optimization right now or personalization, they're so new to it and they don't really have good people to start from that a, a lot of it is this sort of best practice, you know, you know, formulaic, let me go off the blog posts I see online. Yeah. And uh, we, we both know how that goes in terms oh, yeah. of results. Definitely. I, I think just keep uh, talking about that as well. I remember from days when I was consulting, uh, the common thread I'd see uh, with clients would be like, yeah, you know, we know we've got all this work to do, but let's start with some quick wins, right? Let's start with some quick wins. And when we talk about quick wins, what do we, what do we try and do? Look at, look at blog posts, right? And I know you say, as you said, the, the industry has matured, but all, if you look at some of the blog posts that have been put out over there, like, you know, going back four or five years ago, even from like uh, renowned sort of testing vendors out there there was a lot of bad stuff right and i think uh, as you said correctly the industry has matured because now when you look at that stuff you cringe right um what you said there's still a lot of work to do what is in in your opinion what is that work and and uh, where's the gap right now oh it's a great question it's a great question it's one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite topics actually um so i think i think i think probably the biggest gap right now is that there's there's well first of all let me take a, let me take a step back and kind of give you my opinion on what conversion optimization is because I think that's a that's an important a starting point. Gotcha. I think that conversion optimization is this is this blend it's this intersection of art and science and it's done in a way that we haven't really seen before in a lot of other industries. Usually you have people if there's a dividing line that goes between art and science then you have people that usually fall on either one side or the other. You've got your graphic designers, your copywriters, your web designers, and then you have the scientific side, which is usually very, very removed from that. So they operate in two very different dimensions, uh, oftentimes data scientists, statisticians, and um, you know, clinical psychologists and all these different types of people. And optimization is really the combining of those two things. It's using the scientific methods um, and, but, but the experiment design is based on creativity and it's based on 
being able to design an experiment and use our sort of e-commerce knowledge and use our UX knowledge and things like that. So it's, it's very new. It's not something that's been done before that there's a lot of documentation on that we can uh, look back over 50 or 30 or, you know, however many years and say, okay, there's this very well-structured library of resources that we can pull from. So all this, so all this stuff is, is completely brand new. And the people that gravitated at first towards optimization were usually marketers that came from another discipline, usually your PPC people, SEO people, uh, sort of traditional marketing managers, designers. And so when those people came in, they're really experienced in that, you know, that creative sector, that to the left side of the line, but they were missing out on that scientific component. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think now we're starting to see those elements of that scientific component kind of start to dribble in. And that's what I'm excited about because that's what can really take testing and experimentation to the next level. In my opinion. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk uh, about stats recently, right? Uh, some of the prominent people that I see keep uh, being mentioned. Uh, someone like, is it Georgie? Georgie is it? Yeah, um, Georgie, Georgie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who's talking at CXL or he's run, he ran a course at CXL, is that correct? Yeah, um, yeah, he did and, a statistics course. And I think that's become a highlight this year. But, uh, but I also feel, and this is again from what I've noticed over the last year uh, in Facebook groups, in the Slack channel, in you know workshops I ran and talks I gave, um, there is a thread of people chasing the next shiny syndrome, right? The, was the shiny um, object syndrome, right? Ch- chasing the next shiny object, uh, whether that be personalization or whether that be machine learning and AI, right? I can see you cringing over that. It, it, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's this. It's this trend where people are have not figured out the basics yet, but they're going and trying to get these these next level um you know things in the hope that it will solve their problems almost an autopilot is there a danger there that businesses are investing in solutions before they've before they've got their foundations right oh yeah oh yeah 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 i think we're both uh, i think we're both totally kind of on the same page when it comes to that yeah um I was I was actually having a talk with um, Matt Gershoff um, a couple of days from ago. Conductrix, yeah. Uh, from Conductrix, who's brilliant. He's got a, like a PhD in artificial intelligence or something like that. You know, really extremely intelligent guy. Was doing a lot of this before um, it kind of became the mainstream, you know, buzzword. Mm-hmm. And the level of complexity to any machine learning system or any AI system. It's just, it's just mind boggling how complex it is. Yeah. And, but the way that it gets packaged oftentimes is exactly like you said, which is, you know, all you got to do is plug some stuff in, yeah. yada, yada, yada. A yeah. monkey can do it. You know, an animal, a dog, you really don't even need to be human to run A-B, A-B tests anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of how it comes off. It. And it makes sense why, because you're try, when you're trying to sell a software or you're trying to sell a package, you can't tell people, oh man, you know, this requires three, four years of stats knowledge and you have to be able to, you have to run experiments and have all this, you know, you can't say that because then yeah. no one's going to, no one's going to buy it. So I think, I think that's kind of where we are with a lot of things, exactly as you said, especially with personalization, some stuff like that. My title is personalization manager. Right. And one of the things that I see whenever the discussion um, of personalization comes up, oftentimes uh, even within my own company is that the idea is, is something that's very, it's very easy. Okay. 
these people come in the morning, so we serve them content in the morning. These people come in the afternoon, so we serve them content that's designed for people coming in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, how do you know that works? How do you know your model is functioning properly? Like there's all these sort of questions and sub-layers to it. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right on the button with that. Yeah, I think if we, if we rewind back to like about five or six years ago, some of the uh, testing tools, again, not naming names here, were guilty of the same things where they were trying to make, uh, you know, A-B testing seem like this really easy process, which now when we look at, look at it, at optimization, uh, is actually more complex, it's more uh, refined. Uh, but, you know, go back five or six years ago and you're looking at um, uh, these testing vendors saying you only need 100 conversions uh, for statistical significance or you can just run it till you hit significance. And then there's all this um, incorrect knowledge floating around. I think I still see some artifacts of that uh, in you know people assuming that's the way it's done. And part of it is down to marketing spiel because you know they have to sell the product. They have to uh, make it sound like any, um, any idiot off the street can do it, right? And as you said, personalization and, and stuff like that is essentially packaged and promoted the same way. Um, but the way, ultimately, if you're putting in rubbish or garbage into the system, you're getting garbage out, right? And, and yeah, personalization, as, as some sites would have it, you know, you're working late, like a, a homepage that says working late if you come up in the middle of the night or good morning if you come in during the day. Those are base level optimized, you know, personalizations. But ultimately, like, what is it achieving? Is it, and how have you reached that point where you know that that's going to work for that segment, right? Um, so let's, let's segue a bit. Um, let's talk about stakeholders. That's the, okay. that's, the, that's the other common bugbear that I've been noticing. I mean, um, tell me about, tell, if you can share, um, what's the situation like within Subway, uh, the relationship with stakeholders, the relationship with other departments, and how they kind of bought into this optimization process. And then I'll tell you about the challenges that I've seen companies face as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, um, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I, I think there's definitely, there's, there's definitely some common threads. Um, I used to be a consultant as well. And some of the things that I used to see when working with other businesses was very similar to what I see within, um, within Subway. The first thing is that almost universally, and this is just in general, sure. but almost universally, people are, they want to believe. Yeah. Right? There's like a, there's a desire to believe that what the optimization specialist is doing is effective and, and that it's, and that it's working. That's kind of like their, their starting point. Well, yeah, most people are like that. You do have a group of people. I've noticed that oftentimes they're in like IT or something, or they usually have some connection to whatever it is that you're experimenting on is their baby. They don't want it to change. Yeah. Those are the people that are kind of going to, it's almost like a, like a, like a jury. It's like innocent until proven guilty with them. It's guilty until proven. <laughs> sure. you actually have to, you actually have to prove that what you're doing is, is not breaking something. Yeah. So they want to believe, but we arrive at this, at this interesting point where you want to believe in something, you want to believe it's working, but you're not necessarily willing. You don't really understand what it's going to take in order for real change to happen. There yeah. we go. I think you hit the nail on the head over there. And, and this is, you know, when this, as you say, the stakeholders or the business management don't really understand what a successful 
process looks like or what a successful optimization test looks like, right? So how are they to judge whether it's, um, you know, done well or not done well, right? Yeah, and one of the, you know, the, the way I kind of like to think of it in, in a lot of ways is at the start of the new year, you, everybody has these New Year's resolutions. I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to work out more, I'm going to be in shape. And those all sound really good in your head. And it sounds really good when you tell everybody else that you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to lose whatever it is. Yeah. But then actually going to the gym and lifting weights yeah. every single day is ridiculously hard. Like, sure. it's painful, it's not enjoyable. And that's what the optimization process is. Like, it's painful. You, yeah. you have to question some preconceived notions you have yeah. about everything that you're doing correctly at, at the business. And some people are more open to doing that than others. I remember there was uh, this um, someone I knew in the industry um, that we met at a conference and he was telling me this uh, scenario, well, uh, this thing that happened at his workplace where he was the optimization manager. He came up with all these test ideas, this test plan, this roadmap, goes to the stakeholder, the, the, in this case, the CEO, it's a much more, smaller company, and everything gets written off immediately. Like, and the CEO basically says, I know what to do. I'm going to go and run my own tests. Right, that is a losing battle, and I, I don't know whether that this is a trend we're going to see more this year or less. Uh, but I feel again, this is a, this is a theory, a theory that I have. As more and more companies that have started testing, you know, a year ago or two years ago, they start get they're going to start hitting organizational problems this year. And that's a theory I have uh, about why, you know, the fact that optimization has, has been brought into the company, but as a silo in itself. I don't know if you've experienced that as a consultant or within Subway. Why are we a silo if optimization affects every aspect of the business? Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally agree. Um, and in fact, when I, when I came to Subway, that was one of my main uh, focuses when I arrived is to unsilo not not just optimization but also digital marketing in general because in a lot of ways when you, especially when you have a big business you've got all these different components of of people that can contribute to test ideas yeah. and usually a lot better than people in digital frankly and reason is because if you're actually on the ground working with people and you're working with someone who runs a store or you're working with someone who's has a lot of FaceTime interaction with the customers and then saying, hey, we're getting complaints about, you know, whatever it is on the website. Like that's the guy that you want to talk to because he's actually hearing the, the direct feedback. But anyway, so, so optimization, I feel, needs to be really shared with everybody because it's a process that everybody can contribute to. Um, and so my, the first thing that I wanted to do when I arrived at Subway, every business that I've consulted for, is uh, sort of uh, democratize the process, get it in front of people, you know, let them know, hey, this is what we're doing, it's awesome, this is how you participate in it, and this is why it's a better process than what we've been doing up till now. It's not your fault, right, you weren't doing anything wrong, but as, as, biz as time goes on, and we get new technology, and we get better understanding of the world, then we evolve, we change our processes, and optimization is just another part of that, not just for marketing but for the business as a whole it, it really is it really is the optimization of of the whole business and the, the digital side is a part of that 
I think one of the worst experiences that I had when I was um, doing consulting was there was a there was a company and the poor the poor like we had, there was this e-commerce manager and she was right. she was so nice and sweet and open and creative and every idea that she brought to her management was basically no not not going to happen yeah. you don't want to risk that and what I always said to her was just ask them ask them if they're if they're so happy with if they're so sure of the way that they're doing things now why are they even testing yeah just exactly. keep doing it that way yeah yeah uh, I see I see that yeah and I don't know whether like I don't know who's to blame over here because again it's it's as an optimizer, you've said that you've gone in and, you know, the first thing you did was try and unsilo the place, try and democratize the sharing of knowledge and, and getting people open and honest about, you know, feedback from customers, because ultimately you guys are all working towards the same goal. What's your, so when I ask um, other people like, okay, have you done that? Have you spoken to stakeholders? I always feel that they're they're talking to the stakeholder rather than discussing so they will go into a meeting and they will almost teach them what optimization is rather than you know ultimately the stakeholders are not going to be doing optimization themselves but they need to understand it from their point of view so how it affects their kpis whether they're going to have to do more work and ultimately change management right because change management plays a big role like if you tell a customer service department tomorrow that they need to change the way they collect feedback and and give feedback to you that's a lot more work for them how do you manage it and what happens if they don't do it right all those different moving parts what's your advice for people starting out like how do they best get their stakeholders and other departments on board today uh, like if they're starting out in a new in a new company in a new role mm -hmm. i think that I, I think that the education piece is important, but I think that the education piece needs to be framed in a very particular way. Um, I, I think what most people do is what I, I saw um, when I was consulting as well, is that whenever we're onboarding a new client, there's always this sort of explanation of, you know, or this, the sales processes. This is optimization. This is what you need to do. This is how you best run a test. That's not really too relevant in my yeah. opinion. What's really relevant is explaining on a fundamental level why the process is important and the idea is to get them thinking about where are the areas in what i do every day not not just related to optimization but in speaking in generally where are the areas that what i do every day can me can be made better with an experiment um if you're if someone's in customer service you know the way that i try to get people to think is okay we're going to invest in I don't know, new phones or something, right? We're gonna bring in new phones. Mm -hmm. uh, but why? Like, why, why are we bringing, are, are we bringing in new phones because it's going to improve the quality of our service? Is it to lift the uh, employee satisfaction within our own company? Like, is there some, what, what is the benefit? And then once we implement that change, even though it seems like a really small, minor thing, you're, you're still spending money, right? Yeah. Every phone, let's say it costs $100 and you have, 50 people, I mean, that's a, that's a sizable investment and you want to make sure you're getting ROI for it. So if you're like the customer service manager and you're the one that has to sign off on a budget in that situation, you should start to think about how can I justify this 
this this expenditure? How can I justify all of these things that we're doing? Yeah. And so that's what I think the learning should really be focused around because it's a it's a significant departure in the thinking than what people are used to. That like I'm I'm really experienced, so I'm going to be the one who makes the decision because I know what's best. Yeah. And once once that takes place, then the next thing I usually recommend people do is get one on one time with all of your primary stakeholders, all the people that could be a part of optimization in some way, actually sit down with them and, and just talk to them, talk to them for like an hour about, hey, what are the problems that you're facing? What's what's going on in your world on the day to day? Because what I can guarantee is that very few people from marketing have ever cared what what their specific problems are. Yeah. And it's not just marketing. It could be something like um, even something like legal, for example. Uh, there are A-B tests that we can do or even something like user research that you can yeah. do very easily that can help people in departments that we didn't even, that have no connection to marketing at all, but yeah. it would still improve the business. Yeah, the way, way I like to tell uh you know the, the optimizers that i work with is essentially look at you know do an impact map right draw an impact map on how each stakeholder is impacted by a work because ultimately what you don't want them doing is as you said legal for example right legal can pretty much come down heavy on you if you de if, you know design the wrong test even if one word is wrong but let's preempt that let's get them on our side you know from day exactly. one yeah. show them what you're doing and you know, make a note of what um, they may object to. So you're not, you know, falling afoul of their practices and, and causing more work for them because that's when you start losing their trust. And I think once trust goes, um, you know, then you're, then you're, uh, you, you've lost basically. Um, it seems to be like, um, you know, it can be done, but I feel like um, optimizers are focused on the technical aspects too soon in an organization as I'm, I, mm -hmm. I keep going back to the that word change management because it seems like optimization as a practice should involve uh, change management from the start you know, you're essentially persuading and trying to okay excuse the pun here convert people your way of doing things right hey it works yeah <laughs> so, you know you need to make sure that you're you're giving them the, the feedback in line with what they expect to see in their day-to-day -day lives and what is going to impact them ultimately. Um, talking, let, let's talk about teams, right? Again, there's that whole um, issue of like, okay, we've got specialists, we've got generalists. How do you how do you see that structures evolving this year? Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I think that right now, and this and this might be an interesting point. So we might we might disagree here, but from what I've seen on the in-house side, I've seen that people are not focusing as much on generalists as they should. Okay. Because because a lot of the a lot of the hiring that I've seen going on for um, uh, optimization teams, experimentation teams, testing teams, is they're usually starting with the technical people. So they're starting with the developers, they're starting with the statisticians or the data scientists in some cases. And that's great. Like you, you need those people. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And a lot of it depends on how you are, uh, if you've already have a structure or not, you know, what works for you, like the type of uh, testing system, um, you know, is it centralized, decentralized, all that stuff. But my personal opinion is that 
you need somebody to run the show in general. You need somebody who has experience in all areas mm -hmm. to be able to sort of look at the landscape and say, this is what we want to focus on for these reasons. This is what we don't want to focus on for these reasons. A data scientist, unless they have experience in those creative areas, and that goes back to what we were saying before, that delineation. Yeah. A data scientist is as incredibly intelligent as they are, lacks about 50% of what you need to manage an entire optimization program. They have an extreme amount of the technical side. Oftentimes they're, and, and the analytical side, oftentimes they're missing some of the, in fact, there's a, there's a great quote um, by a guy named George Box. He's a statistician. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm basically paraphrasing here, but what he says is, is that stats, statistics, they make your experiments better. If you have an experiment and you don't have statistics, then you, you do risk messing up your experiment. But if you don't have the knowledge of running the experiment in the first place, the statistics are meaningless. They, yeah. do, they do nothing. Um, so what I would like for people to get to is, is start their program by building around that generalist and then add in all the specialists when you see the need for them. I actually agree with you over there. So I, I don't know where the disagreement came from. I, and oh, okay. I agree that we start with the generalist first because you want the orchestrator, right? So as that person, the way I see it is that person's going to progress uh, further down the line into the role of a manager that'll orchestrate the entire process. You can't orchestrate the entire process if you don't know what the process involves. And yeah. if you're a full stack optimizer, you know, uh, another word for a generalist, someone who does basically everything, the analysis, the build and the deploy and all that kind of stuff, you know the process inside out and you know where your gaps are. So you start hitting velocity of, you know, the bottlenecks in your testing. Maybe you can't deploy enough tests because you don't have enough time. Then you know who the next time needs to be. Maybe that's the front end developer because you're stuck. So yeah, you're right. I think the rush to hire this A team prematurely does more harm than good. And you know what a big problem is? You know what a big problem is, I think? I don't think there's that many good generalists out there. I'm, like I don't, why, I why don't, is that the case though? Is it because everyone's jumping to be a specialist or why? Yeah, I, I think that that's why. I think that, so when you, when you think about if someone was, if someone's making the transition to optimization and you think about where would they be before they sort of come in. Mm -hmm. If you're a developer, then that's easy. Then you're, you're a developer. If you're like a data scientist, that's also easy. You're just whatever that, whatever that role is. If you're a UX designer, then you're a designer and so on and so forth. So where does the manager that understands all of these aspects really come from? The answer, I, I think, is they're self-taught. I think a lot of these people, they start off in one discipline and because they love the, 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 the industry, because they're really interested in learning all aspects of it, they teach themselves. These are the aspects of psychology I need. These are the aspects of statistics I need. These are the aspects of UX or, or, or development yeah. or whatever. And those people are just not common that are willing to go out on limbs that they've never been out before so that they can combine the knowledge. Oh, there's, there's a soundbite for this, uh, this show then. A, a full stack CRO or a CRO generalist is actually a rare breed. Maybe we put this out there, right? I mean, we could be proven wrong. Maybe there's loads of them that raise their hand and say, no, we're yeah. a <laughs> we, we could be proven wrong. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's possible. Uh, but, uh, but that's an interesting thing you say that, 
CRO generalists, um, I wonder if they come from a consultative background and then like yourself, right? Um, you, you mentioned you came from a consulting background and you, were you doing everything in that, in that role or what was your position there? I was, I was, I was doing everything, but interestingly enough, that was something that I did by choice. Right. Um, I, I volunteered for that. There are most people who are in the, the type of role that I was only did one aspect of it. All right. or they did one aspect and they passed it off to somebody else. Um, yeah. So it does need to be a motivated person. Again, this, this analogy of an orchestrator, right? You know, and you know, an orchestra person who conducts the uh, conductor, right? That's the word, um, you know, understanding each and every element, how it plays this big, you know, in, in this, in this uh, CRO program. Um, and I wonder like uh, whether we need to have training that upskills people uh, in these different areas and you know, almost makes them want to be, want to do all of this. Or is it too much work for them? We never know. Maybe this is a question that we want to ask the viewers out there. Like, are you a generalist? Are you a specialist? Did you ever want to be a generalist? Or were you always aiming to be a specialist? Mm -hmm. Let us know in the yeah. comments somewhere. This is the first show, so I don't know where the comments are. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Up here, down. Yeah, somewhere, yeah. somewhere. We'll figure this out as we go yeah. along. So I think, I think we'll, we're playing around with the format, right? Uh, we, we'll see what happens. We may need like a musical interlude or something. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe yeah, some yeah. like a hard rock that comes in intermittently every 30 <laughs> seconds or so. Just to liven yeah, things yeah up. definitely. Or we yeah. could invite uh, Tim Stewart who would be here for like uh, for an hour. Just him talking. Oh, yeah. Just him yeah. talking. <laughs> one, one. Hey, Tim, how are you today? Two hours later. Yeah, two hours later, right. Yeah. All right, that? now let's start the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We should we should tell him that we name dropped him in the show. He he needs to come on now. Yeah, he does. Uh, but I think I think this is a good good first show, right? We we wanted to get a, set, uh, a finger on the you know on the pulse of the industry, just get a little bit of understanding. And you know, this is the first show we're doing together. Uh, let's see how this goes, right? Um, and um, we're going to be here like I think every week at least for the foreseeable future, maybe I think. Sure. Yeah, how it goes. Yeah. Right. And, and bring on some guests. Uh, so if you want to join us, um, you can also email us and um, on info at effectiveexperiments.com, email me and, you know, you can be a guest on the show. If you have questions that you want answered, uh, we can have a Q&A se uh, section. If you want to write in uh, email info at effective experiments with your questions uh, for this show. And uh, again, as I say, I don't know um, the format just yet. We're playing around with it. This is going to be something we do every week and we may change it around uh, depending on feedback, depending on um, heat maps. I don't know. We'll see. Right. So thanks for, thanks for listening. Uh, Chad, pleasure having you on the show. I look forward to many more sessions with you, picking your brains on, on more deeper topics on conversion optimization uh, and uh, our industry as a whole. Thanks. Definitely. Looking forward to it. You've been listening to Conversionations. Don't forget to subscribe to get notified when we release new updates. Conversionations is brought to you by Effective Experiments. Want to make experimentation a core part of your business? Request your demo and let us show you how we can help you grow your testing program.